podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by, live from South London, Paul Doolan. Hello. And live from the northwest of England, Dave Watson. Hi, Fergus. Hi, wow. Dave. Very good. Was that better? That was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. It was a little... Ed- it was a little. It sounded a little fraught. It sounded like you had somewhere to be. Hi, Fergus. Sorry, can't stop to talk. I'm on the way. I'm on the way to for divorce proceedings. <laughs> you know, had that sort of like cokey. Got a lot going on in my life at the moment. Sort of. Oh, cokey, definitely. But no, everything's everything's tickety boo. The the little lad's finally gone to sleep, so we can make as much thing. fucking noise as we like now. Fantastic. The wife's watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. It's a good show, that. Yeah. Occasionally I can hear like a high-pitched Yas Queen coming through the wall. It's quite... You're so so heterosexual that you would never watch anything like that, right? Yeah, no, I I find the whole thing um, just distasteful, you know. I've been watching uh, and enjoying uh, Married at First Sight Australia. I've heard a lot of good things. I've not committed yet because I worry it's not going to get my life back if I start watching it. Sure, no, it's very good. It's it's very good at what it does. And someone else who's very good at what he does is Steve Bruce. So uh, let's talk about uh, <laughs> our last two games. <laughs> Dave, Dave Watson literally choked on his water as I uh, said that. Uh, uh, yes, Dave Watson is drinking water because he's got a big interview to get tomorrow, guys. Because he is wanted for murder. It's an interview with the police. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yes, on Saturday we played uh, Everton. Everton away. It, we, I think, the general chat between us and I imagine between most Newcastle fans was it seemed. We, none of us were confident. I think I remember predicting that we wouldn't get another point for about a month. But um, I think it's fair to say uh, we were all pleasantly surprised. Would that be right, Paul? Yeah, very pleasantly surprised. I think it's our best performance of the season, best performance under Bruce. Several players had their best games they've had under us and everything we've criticised the team for they're suddenly able to do. We were pressing, we were dynamic, we we were passing it forwards, we looked dangerous. Every, kind of everything went right, as it worryingly seems to do specifically against Everton whenever we play them. Especially this season. Yes, certainly this season, we've d- done the double over them and, and that if, if nothing else, they're at least a top half team and we've done the double over them this season. Fuck knows why, but a good performance. Um, Dave, it was a different sort of uh, energy and a, a different formation, right? Yeah, I mean, the, like Paul says, the, the pressing, the intensity, the, the forward movements, the forward passing, the dynamism, that was all there that has been absent all pretty much the entirety of Bruce's reign. And honestly, I might have said it in the chat, I don't remember, but it felt like the like a new manager bounce. It, it reminded me of like how bad we were under Hullett and then the first couple of games back under under Robson. We just we just looked like a completely different team. Um it was it was great. I, I thought that um Shelby was playing much higher up the pitch. Hendrick had a good game. Um, Almiron was fantastic. Never stopped running. He was he was the energizer bunny. It was brilliant to see. Lewis had a great game. Um, a lot of people giving him a lot of credit for Wilson's second goal, but I actually thought that the cross to him wasn't great because yeah. it was high and it was a difficult I, I, difficult ball to cons- uh, control. I agree. I think the credit. Uh, it's due to him in the sense that it was something that we haven't really seen him do all season. I mean, the whole team was doing it. The, the fact that we had sort of a few players running fast on the break quickly. Mm. So it was St. Maximum released him and 
I think that's what we sort of hoped to see from Jamal Lewis, him sprinting forward. Uh, I think as well, Lewis, especially this season, has been probably for me our most infuriating player at getting the ball in promising positions and then panicking and going sideways or backwards. So it's, it, was yeah, a, it was definitely his best game. Yeah. It was definitely his best game. But um, yeah. yes, it wasn't an amazing pass to Wilson and Wilson didn't have an amazing first touch. But uh, thankfully, uh, Pickford didn't have an amazing decision-making process either. So um, Wilson was able to put it away. And Wilson, I, I've been feeling like for the last month or so, you know, a, a lot. He's had a. It's been. He's had a difficult time of it because he hasn't been getting much service. But I felt like he hasn't looked that sharp. So it was nice to see him get a couple of goals, which you would hope would be a confidence boost. Yeah, yeah he was cold. He could have had three or four. He. I mean, the 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 chance that he had in the um, in the opener where um, uh, Almiron put it through to him and he went round Pickford. But pinged it off the post, and uh, the pass in the first half by Fraser, I think it was, who slid him through, and he took it on his left foot instead of taking it on his. Should have done. Should have done better with that chance, actually. But a stunning header for the first goal. Yeah. Oh, what? And the thing is, he, he, I don't know if you saw it on match of the day, but he said that um, he was in amongst like a pack of players, and he wasn't getting a lot of joy. So you saw it where in the the, the chance that Pickford tipped over the bar. Um, that preceded it, he just drifted away and he was just looking for that pocket of space again. And um, Ian Wright was saying that that's, you know, he was effectively saying that that's a sign of a good striker. He wasn't obsessing over the chances that he's missed. He was just, oh, that, that opportunity's gone. How do I get another opportunity? And I think when you when you look at his performances over the past few months, I think a lot of the criticism ha- doesn't lie on his shoulders. It's the fact that he's he's feeding off absolute scraps. And even if he's making a decent run, we're not finding him. So it's hard for him to show his ability when, you know, when the midfield is camped two yards ahead of our own box. Now, there's no doubt about the- Callum Wilson is a, is a proper striker. You know, in the vein of like, I don't know, someone like Kevin Phillips or something. He's someone who's like going to stick around a while and score goals, I think. He's not reliant on one season of form or like a, a physicality that he was able to use for a little while. He's like, he's a proper goal scorer. So, yeah, it's um, nice to have him. And it was good to see St. Maximum come back in and get another like half, what was it, 25 minutes, half an hour Yeah. Um, in the, the Everton game. And hopefully he's getting back to full fitness because there have been so many games where we've been missing that that dynamism, that that front foot football. Um, and I think just by his, just by his like, personality on the pitch, we'll get that. Even if the other, the rest of the team aren't doing it, he'll, he will by his, by his nature to do it. I think the noticeable thing when St. Maximin comes on is he's our only player who gets the ball. His first instinct is I'm taking this as close to the goal as possible. I think as soon as he came on against Everton, there was a ball that came into him. It was back to goal. He spun round and was sprinting straight away. Everyone else is so much more kind of ponderous and you kind of forget watching us that that is possible, that you can just Mm. attack. I may have misread it and sort of like projected this onto the game, but I felt a little bit like in the Crystal Palace game, uh, which I'm skipping forward to now, really. Um, but in, when he came on in the Crystal Palace game, I felt that we had a really good first half against Palace. It wasn't like stunning or anything, but I thought we were the better side and we were unlucky to go down, uh, to go in 2-1 uh, down at the break. Um, I thought we were pretty good. And then in the second half, obviously, Palace sat really deep. And then when St. Maximin eventually came on, it felt like suddenly the focus became him, like it has been when he's been available for much of the season or for like for much of the last year. The focus was him. Whereas actually before, and certainly in the Everton game, we were playing, it felt like 
everyone had a sort of positive uh, feeling about them. Everyone was trying to, to to be positive in their play. Whereas when Sam Maximin came on, it felt like, oh, let's just give it to him and hopefully he'll do something. I think that might be more about him coming on while we're behind, though. Because it, it's yeah. like when you bring Andy Carroll on. It was just like, who's our most dangerous player? Get the ball to them. Which, and we've we've been guilty of that in the past yeah. with Shelby, I think, as well. Whereas this time round, I think if he comes on at nil-nil like against Everton, the game plan doesn't change. But I think Palace defended so well and so rigidly. By the time he came on, it was just a case of we need something different to try and break this team down. I think the rest of the players there were out of ideas. And it was just, let's see if this works. I don't think that was the case in, um, And you saw that in, like, uh, Fabian Shah had a couple of long-range shots. John Joe Shelby had a couple of long-range shots. St. Maximum tried a few from, from distance. And that, and that speaks to what, what Paul was saying. It's just they, they ran out of ideas. The, the, the good play that we saw in the first half, it, like, it was pulling the, the Crystal Palace players out of position it was creating chances I mean we had like 21 shots in that game against the against Crystal Palace and I think we had something similar in the Everton game and that says that to, to me certainly that we are trying to create some some chances and they just weren't falling for the right people or they were half chances and stuff I mean I, I think there were two really good opportunities where I think Fabian Shah had one uh, a Fraser from the corner, and yeah, Fraser had a, a right foot shot that he put wide. Um, but if it's one of those where, if that had fallen for Wilson, would he have put it in from the from the corner? Maybe. If that right foot shot had fallen to, to Wilson, could he have finished it? He could have. But the, the fact is that we were creating chances. But then, as the game went on, like you're saying, we we just we they ran out of ideas. And the the only plan was either give it to St Maximum or have a dig yourself instead of work it into the corner and then put a cross in for now St Maximum, uh, for Carroll, Wilson, um, Hayden, whoever else was up there. So um, it's frustrating. Yeah, we fell into talking about the Palace game. Uh, we should uh, mention our early goal from Shelby. Um, we went up and it was... An, the much maligned John Joe Shelby uh, put in a terrific, 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 terrific finish, didn't he? Didn't he, guys? Yeah. Let's have a round of let's have a round of applause <laughs> for Shelby. Everyone, everyone minutes, minutes of applause. Everyone stand outside your houses now. So applause for Shelby. What's, no, it was um, good. I think Shelby looks good further up the field as well, and there's less defensive onus on him now but I still think he's a little bit of a liability oh totally I mean I this is I'm not really saying that now Shelby is Shelby is fine and we don't need to worry about him but it was nice to I thought it was a really good goal I really enjoyed it yeah and uh and what is going on with this celebration he's always done that I mean we haven't seen it for a while because he hasn't a goal this season but he does sort of like spectacle binoculars is or it something, yeah. Or I don't know it? if it's binoculars or spectacles, but it's yeah. Can you no. find out for me? Do, do it yourself. I'm fucking busy. I've got an interview tomorrow. Let's find out. Um, okay, well, all right. Well, no answer. What was nice about that goal is that it wasn't like uh, a set piece or a like a no pressure situation where he just had a dig from, from 30 yards because he didn't know what else to do. It was a well-worked goal. I think that that's what gives me hope that we can take the lessons from the Everton game and the first half of the Crystal Palace game into our future fixtures because it was, it was a well-worked goal and it shows yeah. that bit of confidence. I um, think one other thing that's noticeable from our more recent games now Ryan Fraser seems to be on set pieces more. Our, the delivery's been much better. All our corners suddenly look dangerous. Mm. Yeah, and it's a, everything is very, very far from Rosie. We're still in a position that we don't want to be in. And uh, I don't think there's a lot of confidence flying around. But in the last 
three games, we've scored a few goals in open play that weren't down to just a moment of individual brilliance. There were, like you say, like sort of team goals where three players did something good in a row. I think as well, in the last three games, we've had four good halves of football, which is more than we had in the previous 10 games before that, at least. Now, here's the question. Now, we'll see as time as any. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows the answer, but does this have anything to do with our new coach, Graham Jones? Does anyone know? He'd had one two-hour training session before the Everton game, which makes you think... It's unlikely that that level of performance change would come out of that. And it's an odd thing to measure it by because the performance against Palace, which was worse than the Everton one, came after the team had had more training with him. So if the trajectory of how well players perform under him carries on, then we're going to get worse every game. (laughs) Or it could just be slightly coincidental, maybe fresh ideas on the training field helped. Yeah. Sticking I saw a with lot the- of Newcastle fans going absolutely fucking mental <laughs> that we suddenly had this amazing coach and he'd made a difference and it was humiliating for Bruce, which I thought was... All right, go on then, Dave. You, you, you I, say I think, you, and then I'll agree with Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the... Um, a lot of the... the, the the praise that Jones was getting for the Everton game. I think a lot of that is purely criticism of Bruce, just masked. Really? Yeah. Fuck off. No, but the point is that they, they weren't going, we've got this amazing coach and he, it's humiliating for Bruce. It's just like, fucking hell, lads. We've had this group of players for 18, well, for, for six months and a large number of them for 18 months under Bruce. And we haven't come close to a performance like we saw against Everton. So the, 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 this new coach comes in and suddenly in the next two games, we play what 135 minutes of decent football from, from nowhere. And it's only after like a disappointing, because bear in mind in the Crystal Palace game, we lost to, we, we, the equalizing goal was a really good goal. You know, it was a really good shot, but it came, came in a period roughly like against the run of play. And the second goal was a set piece. And that's one of those where you, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be upset about that. It was our reaction to that that was disappointing, but like, no, it, like just, Stop! Stop defending Bruce. He's he was shit for eighteen months. He had we had one good game and then one decent half of the football. And I'm given the credit. To I think Jones. what's amazing about Graham Jones is he managed to get that upturn in performance for the second half against Leeds before arriving. That's the sign of a good coach. That's how good this guy is. No, because no, 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 because just because there was there was an improvement in the 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 second half against Leeds. It it was a, an improvement in endeavour. Uh, it was an improvement in intensity. It wasn't an improvement in the way that we set up. It wasn't an improvement in our football. It was just that the, the people, on the, the players, the players on the pitch were playing like they <laughs> were in a like must win game. That's all. No, apparently he was. He was behind our uh, first win against Everton in the season, yeah. and he did the West Ham game. Fuck off! And he got—he was the one who got the, the performance against Liverpool over Christmas. That was Graham Jones. They call you, him the Shadow Man at Newcastle. You've all—you've both said that this Everton game was our best performance because right. the game one, was... one, I didn't say that, and he two. Did. I did. did it. It was right. You said both. Yeah. You, what, sorry, I'm just googling the meaning of both here. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, here's the thing, right? I think it is perfectly possible that Graham Jones is going to improve this side. I think it is perfectly possible that he has already... I mean, you mentioned new manager bounce. It is possible that there's a new face around and mm-hmm. they've, used this on, uh, they've used this on the training ground to say, OK, let's start afresh. You know, they just, like, here's a sort of turning point. It's perfectly possible. I still think it's also perfectly possible that, uh, you know, I'm about to lay into Newcastle fans on Twitter again, that it's absolutely, it's just embarrassing the the sudden like, 
Well, that's what happens when you've got a proper coach in. It's like, what, just because he had a fucking photo shoot? That all that shit around <laughs> getting a new coach, it was it's the most embarrassing hire of a coach ever. And that's not down to the, the fans. But like he's a coach who hasn't got a stunningly impressive CV. And they've got like they've got like memes for him and shit on like the NFC account. And like like he had a proper photo shoot. What new coach gets a proper photo shoot that gets tweeted out by the? Uh, That's the club, though. The, yeah, the I club. know. But, then, but so, then the, so so hang on. The only thing that changed. The only thing that changed between the shit that preceded it and the the two well the one and a half good performances after it is. Graham Jones was appointed. Yeah, that's a, a rewriting of history because it... What no, if formation started? changed for a start. Yeah, so why hasn't that formation been used before? Bruce has had the options and he hasn't been shown. Graham Jones has come in Graham with a Jones piece of paper with 4-4-2. Graham Jones, for me, is going to... It's going to be like when Arsene Wenger joined the Premier League. It's going to change everything. He'll have them eating pasta like Wenger did. Uh, Nobody had ever heard of it before. But you can't, you cannot explain to me why we got such a difference. It's, like, it's not that big a thing. It's a huge difference. Are you saying difference. that's all down to Graham Jones then? The no, no, I'm not saying it's entirely well, how down do you to Graham explain Jones. it then? <laughs> that a, that, that a, new, a new coach has come in with some fucking ideas instead of the shit tip that we've been enduring for 18 months. No, but you put in this like binary land in the, line in the sand where like, yes, we've had a shit season and we've not been very good. But it's not like it's in a complete anomaly as a, of a performance. And you're putting, yeah. you're saying, you're making it out like I, that is it is accepted fact that we haven't had one good performance this season, and that's not true. We have had some good performances. And also, if the arrival of Graham Jones means an improvement of performances, then the Palace game completely torpedoes that because it was it was still a good performance, but not as good. But there have been plenty of performances, well, not plenty, there have been a few performances. What about five? That were as good as the Palace game. That's and, the Palace game? Yes. I would, say, I would say that the first half of that Palace game was as good as the performance against Everton in, in terms of chances created and all the rest of it. And yeah, as yeah, I say, the, the two yeah. goals that we conceded are just like aberrant. There's not much you can... like. We did everything right, really, in defending both of them. It's just the they I did. Think the well. other thing to point out as well is pointing out all of this stuff doesn't mean we think Bruce is a good manager. That's the sort of there's a binary <laughs> option for Newcastle. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the, that's the thing that's so annoying. That everything is about Bruce. So, like, like you said, people are like praising Graham Jones as a means to criticise Bruce because. And I'm not saying that Bruce is is the man responsible for the performance. It's not everything is about Bruce, but it's like it has to be. We have put in a good performance, so the narrative has to be that every minute of football prior to them was appalling, and now Graham Jones has arrived, and therefore any bit of goodness is down to this new guy who has arrived who none of us had fucking heard of three months ago. It's- the, the, the thing is, though, you're also applying a binary with, with the fans. You're, you're saying that that's what they must think or they think the other thing, right? That's what you're, you're saying. It's a, that's the binary. I, think, I, th- right now, I honestly you. think... I honestly think I'm the voice of the fans on this fucking podcast. I think that the um, the... The majority of fans don't like Bruce. They don't think he's a good manager and they want him out. They will use social media as a way to have little digs at him, like represent their disgust. So they will, with tongue in cheek, put all the. I don't think the tongue is in the cheek. I think the tongue couldn't be further from the cheek a lot of the time. They'll take take any bit of new information and funnel it through that prism. Yeah, so like if that's let's say okay, so let's say Newcastle fans, that's all tongue in cheek. I don't think it is. Oh, I didn't say this is it. I didn't say all tongue in cheek. I said a lot of fans will have their tongue in the cheek. It doesn't mean that it's entirely okay. Okay, so binary boy can fuck off. No, okay. Let's talk about you, Dave. Let's talk about (laughs) you've been saying for the last ten minutes. Right. No, let's forget Newcastle fans. 
Let's talk about you, Dave. What's going on? <laughs> what are you running from? Yeah, what are you running from, Dave? All I, all I want to say is, like, it is perfectly possible that Graham Jones has had some effect that has, uh, already that has affected those performances. It is possible that there's a little bit of, like I said, a little bit of uh, new manager bounce, that, that new face around the training ground. It's perfectly possible that that has happened. But we don't know. We've got no idea. And it is not the case that everything was black and white and now Graham Jones has arrived and the world is in Technicolor. It's like also, also it's Bruce has brought in a new coach, and the reaction is, "Oh, that's worked, you prick." <laughs> well done. Hang it. But then, just it, 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 hang on, just to pick on that point, there's no evidence that it was Bruce that brought him in. That's, there's no evidence. If there's no evidence that Jones, where's is, the smoking well, gun? No, well, hang on a second. If you're applying that logic to his influence on the pitch, on the training ground, that that well, Bruce that, has that, said like, he brought him in, didn't he? No, he said we've been looking at him for for ages. But he also said that he was delighted with Joe Linton. We are conspiracies as a fan base. Is it true that and is it true that the Dominion machines were owned by that that Venezuela brought? (laughs) (laughs) And the thing, Steve, not saying it's always said jet fuel cannot melt metal; (laughs) cannot burn at that temperature. I'm not saying he definitely didn't. Wasn't you're you're heavily implying it. it? I'm just it's saying this that, idea, no, I'm, I'm you turning your like... argument back on you, Sunshine. So, no, I'm saying there's no point making every issue about Bruce. Like, the coaching team led by Bruce has brought in a new manager to help, and it's suddenly thrown up as like, this is a thing against you. It's mad. I, I honestly think that you, you two are, I, I think, how would I put this? Cunts. I think the new yeah, you are. <laughs> I think I think the Newcastle fan base is is reactionary, just like every other fan base. I think the Newcastle fan base will overreact. Like you, you, me, yeah, because I'm part of the fan base. But, yeah, me too. King of the fan but base. I think <laughs> I honestly think the fan base Fergus Craig. I, 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 th- I think I'm less reactionary than you two in some regards. No, you're not. But I would. Say, <laughs> but Steve Bruce is a fucking bad manager, and you two agree. We're not. On that. We're not disputing I'm not, that. I've li- literally just said it. You two agree on that. So when the when the Newcastle fan base say, "Oh, he's shit. He's shit. He's shit." There's a new man, a new coach come in. All that goodness that we saw in Ever- against Everton that must be down to him. Tongue is in cheek because Bruce is still the manager. Well, what are you? Well, then what's the last fifteen minutes been about then? Because you're actually you're not. Because it, it's not been very funny. It's just <laughs> what are we, are we are we having a real conversation conversation about Graham Jones? Or where's your tongue, Dave? Where's your tongue, Dave? It's up Graham Jones's ass. <laughs> it is. I think just it's my th- right. So my position is that Graham Jones has come in and there's a new manager bounce, new manager bounce because of a coach. I think that it, the the formation that he played at Luton and the the defensive structure that he was um, praised for at Bournemouth, I think we saw that in the Everton game because it was a different formation. And yes, Bruce does fuck around with formations all the time, but if a new manager, a new like coach who plays that specific formation elsewhere, suddenly we play that in the next game and it reaps rewards. I think credit more. I'm going to give more credit to Graham Jones for the Everton game than I would do Steve Bruce. <laughs> I'm going to do it because... That's so weird. That's weird. It's not weird. It's, it's weird. really weird. It's Why just... is it weird, though? Because, because you're, you're guessing. It's complete guessing. But it's I'm, I'm, I'm using... I'm looking at, like, how we performed before then. And, yes, we had some decent performances, but that Everton game is the best performance under Bruce. But I, you could I, easily... I it would make much more sense to be, like, Callum Wilson applied himself better. We played a higher line... And Callum, uh, Ryan Fraser was coming into fitness for the first time, and that made the difference. Like, there's much more logical conclusions to be to make than just. But the, the the logical conclusion, surely, if if a if a coach who has um, 
played the style that we played, who has been praised for his um, defensive contributions in, in previous roles, we see an increasing intensity and increasing like uh, forward thinking and optimism and, and, and progressiveness. If we see all of that, when we haven't seen it prior to his appointment, surely, logically, it stands to reason that you give credit to the person who has you the know what logically and... stands to better reason, though? Everton played really shit going forward. That's football sometimes. And... That we didn't play. We didn't play. Like, been, we've benefited from profligate opponents before and played poorly, but still won. That was a good performance. And right, okay, good. Then well done, Steve Bruce. Okay. <laughs> and for the last few games, we've had some like bad performances and certainly some bad results. But there has been an attempt to be more positive in our play. That, it's, that is, did not start with Everton. Everton is not just this... It was a good performance, a much better performance than we've seen in a long time, but it's not like a sudden change where everything is completely different and you don't yeah. need... Like, I think a lot know, of the like, difference has been Almiron being played in his right position as well, which just all that credit gets taken away from him because it's suddenly Graham Jones has come in and fixed us. This is the no. thing that this is the thing that annoys me so so much, right? And it is, uh, it, it is t- perfectly possible that Graham Jones has come in, uh, put a better mood in the training ground, and made a couple of tweaks that have been positive. But we don't really know that. Yeah. But the conversation has to be that every fact has to go through the the prism of like, how will this make Steve Bruce feel if he ever hears this? Yeah, how, how, how can I possibly do this in such a way that Steve Bruce gets no credit? Fine, don't give Steve Bruce any credit. Just play the, say the players have played better and I'm pleased for them. But it doesn't have to, like, everything doesn't have to go through that. You don't have to stretch so much. It doesn't mean any bad performance as well. There's 11 people getting a free ride over any mistakes they made. And, and again, that, Bruce is a again, shit manager. We, again, we I don't, it. I don't think you've you've looked at the same Twitter as I do because I see people no, saying Lewis. Twitter, and, about you, Dave. You, I criticize Shelby. I criticize loads of people, and so does the rest of Twitter. So you're saying like, oh, there's eleven players getting a free ride. Fucking hell, have you seen the people talking about Joe Linton? He's not getting a free ride. Lewis isn't getting a free ride. He came off social media because it was killing his um, confidence. The only player who does get a free ride is, is fucking St. Maximum because he's like been injured or like unavailable. I think right. you two focus on the bad part of Newcastle Twitter and you... I have a for about 20 minutes, Dave. I'm talking about you. You focus on the bad parts of me, then, and you ignore all the other shit. I, that I... I think it's it's that annoying disconnect. Like I thought, the Palace game was still a very good performance and a game we deserve to win. And you play that game eight times out of ten, we win that. And logging onto Twitter after the game is like you would think we'd been beaten nine nil by Man U. I. You've got to put that in a box, though, because after every loss, the social media accounts are going to be, that was fucking awful, that was the worst thing ever. Because there's people at the ground who could have who would have been, you know, at St. James's Park watching that game and would have left their spitting feathers and been like, that was a disgrace, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. And then but this a is the day problem later, with, this the, is the problem a day with later, they'll be talking a- it up. This is the problem with football during a pandemic, though, is the only fan reaction you can see is on social media. Mm-hmm. And it's, but can't, yeah. you, can't you separate that from, like, the, 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 reaction. the players get booed off at every game and throughout. It's just yeah. a warm booing until, until um, Graham Jones shows up and everything is beautiful. <laughs> until the, it's, it's all milk and honey. And it's all milk and honey. It's all because of Graham Jones until halftime against Palace when Graham Jones died. 
Well, no, the reason we were bad against Palace is because Graham Jones had to start in the stands because him and Bruce had apparently fallen out because uh, Graham Jones was giving the players instructions in the previous game and it wasn't. Yeah, this is one I will. This is one. This is I will mention Twitter now. It is. It's like it was. It's just. Everything has to be about Bruce, right? So there's one fucking. You two've lost your mind. That was a joke. Okay, I'm not talking about you. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Twitter again. That was clearly people taking the piss. I don't think that was. was. Cle- uh, of course, no, don't, you don't, I, because you two have it in your mind that this that Newcastle fans are unique in overreacting and holding a grudge and all the rest of it. When they're not, they're just no, venting on social media. Social media is a game. Okay, I didn't see anything about them falling out, but I did see. Uh, footage and pictures of Graham Jones gesticulating towards the players and then a lot of people say, and they were definitely not joking, talking about how Graham Jones was already like in charge and doing something like, and Bruce is just standing there Bruce is just standing there, he's not doing anything and there's Graham Jones actually giving instructions to the players this is what we've needed, we haven't had anyone giving instructions to the players, like fucking what what, it's embarrassing (laughs) Okay, and I think it's not embarrassing. We probably throw a line under it. I don't think it. Well, I don't know. No, to be fair, it's not unique. You're right. It is in general. I think if you, if I was to follow as much as I do, um, fans of almost any other football club, then it would probably be pretty similar. That is true. Um, Politics. Sure. Yeah, but I do think that. As the circular argument continues, I do think that uh, a lot of our fans have gone been driven mad by our situation this year. I think you've got to curate your Twitter feed then, because the people that I follow, yes, there are people who are just like fucking Bruce out. Fine, if that's if that's it's the only thing they take away from the guy, I, I haven't I haven't done I don't that. Have, I don't, it's, I'm talking about you, Dave. So I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is curate this pro- podcast. And uh, go to a break, and uh, we'll see whether you're invited back to the second half, Dave. <laughs> if you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Hello, welcome back. We've all just been through a mediation. We've been we've had a counsellor in just to try and sort it all out between us. And um, uh, we've all agreed that we can continue with doing the podcast together. But only if everyone, you know, agrees with me. Okay, so um, let's talk about the transfer window. Pretty exciting. There were, I think we knew right from the beginning that we weren't going to have any permanent transfers, which seems like an absurd thing to have to accept, but that's just yeah. the way it is. There was talk of Hamza Chowdhury. There was talk of a central defender from Schalke who haven't, won a game in about 20 matches or whatever, but I've gone, he's gone to Liverpool. There was talk, uh, there was talk of a few players, but we did end up with one and he was Joe Willock. Any thoughts on Joe Willock? Paul? I don't know loads about him. He's played a lot more for Arsenal than I thought he would have done. I assumed he'd had like five starts, but he has been decent. He scored an amazing goal against is it Liverpool or Man U. And seems to be the type of player we need, not necessarily that he'll live up to the expectations of that, but we need 
a sort of box-to-box midfielder with a bit of energy. When you look at Shelby, especially in our midfield. So we've at least tried to fill one of the most pressing gaps in our squad with an exciting young player. Here's the question, Dave. Is Joe Willock, I mean, we don't, he's, uh, he has had a good few appearances, but at the same time, he is a bit of an unknown quantity. Is he basically what we sort of hoped the Longstruff brothers were a year or two, uh, two ago, isn't it? It's, it's a sad indictment on them, no, is it not? That Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's disappointing. It's disappointing that we've had to. Um, thing is, like Joe Willock uh, is highly rated at Arsenal. Uh, the Arsenal fans certainly like him. Um, he's exciting and he drives with the ball, good touches, gets in goal scoring, um, goal scoring positions. So yeah, he is pretty much what we were hoping Sean Longstaff would be. Um, it does, it does beg the question who's getting bumped down. And you'd have to think that given that Matty Longstaff was offered out on loan to Watford um, and through various connections that would have opened up Hamza Chowdhury coming in and for us to be after two central uh, midfielders in Chowdhury and and Willock, it does suggest that the the two Longstaff brothers are are really far down the pecking order now, which is a real shame because... I don't know, like, the things that you hear about Willock, he's got lots of energy, he gets into goal-scoring positions, yada, yada. Is that not Matty Longstaff? And yeah, if he's just I'll a better version of Matty Longstaff? Because he has, I don't think he's put much of a foot wrong this season, came in and, was he in the game against Leeds? It felt like I'm we had a bit of an yeah. improvement in midfield with Matty Longstaff there. And then he can't get back in. Sean Longstaff was also offered to Watford, apparently, but chose to stay and fight for his place. It shows you it's a precarious thing being a young footballer, isn't it? Because, mm. you know, when you're early, in your early 20s, trying to make a mark, trying to learn the game, you, you, you've got players like, I mean, I know he was a bit older, but you, you've got someone like Jack Colback, who we bought and who then got an England cap and is now, at best, a championship player like not long after that. And then you've got a lot of players who just could go either way. You know, a couple of years ago, probably less, Sean Longstaff was like crazy figures were being talked about for him for a move to Man United. And now would any of us be, I mean, I hope this isn't the case, but would any of us be that surprised if next season Sean Longstaff was on the bench for Derby County or something? I mean, I, I I would hope yeah. that he'll be doing better than that, but it, it's it's, it's not, I'm not blaming him. It's 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 just it's just sort of precarious being a footballer. You just don't know which direction your career is going to go in, do you? No, I, th- I think it's it's really difficult because um, certainly for like our club, where we are now in a position where we need points, we can't really afford game time to the the kind of players that. Um, the two long staffs are because it is the engine room of the of the squad, and they they're not going to get starts that regularly ahead of John Joe Shelby or ahead of Isaac Hayden because those two are, have a very specific skill set that neither of the other two, neither of the long staffs have. And if if the the club has brought in a player who is essentially their role in the, in the he, he's not going to have moved here to not play like Willock is he wouldn't have moved to Newcastle if he's just going to sit on the bench for Newcastle because he could he could have been sitting on the bench for Arsenal and then get more opportunities with better players around him he's not going to do that in Newcastle so you can only assume that he'd been brought into play which means that the two Longstaff brothers they've, they've gone back of the queue so it is really precarious and i I do think it would have been better for Matty Longstaff to go out on loan um, and certainly for Sean Longstaff because at least with Matty, when he comes on, he's full of energy and there's there's a bit of a buzz around him. With with Sean, he's not been putting in the performances to, to demand a, a spot in the team. So uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. Is I'll, I'll rattle through some uh, stuff on Twitter now. Because, yes. Uh, we've got a 
lot to get through. And then I should say, I should have plugged it. If you've managed to make it this long in the, in the podcast, do stick around because we're going to have another game of the the feature that is <laughs> sweeping the nation, Life After Love, uh, in which we try to guess former Newcastle football players uh, when given the clubs they went on to. That's right. It's going to be replacing tipping points in the ITV schedules. Life after love. <laughs> after we're on social media. So uh, I've got a tweet here from Teague or Teague. Uh, he says, have we ever had a good left back? And also, why are we so bad at throw-ins? I remember a couple of years ago, we were doing our all-time greatest Newcastle 11s. And we did actually struggle on left back. I believe Olivier Bernard got it, but we have never had. There's a few that have been all right, but mm. it may have been the weakest position in our Premier League history. I'd say Jose Enrique and John Beresford were both yeah. good. David Santon wasn't bad, but never really delivered. We've had some sort of. I saw it. Um, a, goal that Baba Yaro scored for us posted on Twitter the other day. I was, And I remember he was sort of remembered as a terrible signing, but he scored at least one stunning goal for us where he took about four players mm. on. But yeah, not a lot of great left-backs. Uh, Robert Elliott says, various pundits have said that the Newcastle crowd are difficult to play in front of and results suffer as a consequence. Do you think this season with an empty St. James's Park and in different form disproves that once and for all? Who knows? I tell you what was absolutely disgraceful, I thought. Uh, with the fake crowd noise against Palace, towards the end of the match, they put in, when Palace were knocking it around, they put in Olays. They had the crowd <laughs> fucking Olaying on the fake crowd noise. I thought that was a disgrace. Robert Elliott also says, what did you make of Graham Jones being on the touchline at Everton and then relegated to the dugout yesterday? Oh, well, I think we've had enough on that. Paul M says, appropriate punishment for Joe Linton's illegal haircut. Yes, if you didn't hear about this, Joe Linton had an illegal haircut. That's the um, dystopia that we're currently living in. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine hearing that sentence a year ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Joe Linton is, I don't think it's been named yet, but he is going to suffer some uh, punishment for that. Uh, Paul M suggests a transfer to the Mongolian Ladies Second Division. I don't know if you get a game, mate. Um, uh, you should be on Talk Sport more, Fergus. Yes, mate. But you know, I I think the only fitting punishment is that uh, we we uh, ban him for the rest of the season. I think it's the only way he'll learn. I think he should have his hair follicles surgically removed so that he can never grow hair again anywhere yes. on his body. I think it should be just like when Cantonar Kung Fu's crowd. I think you should have to do community service. <laughs> and a public apology. Yeah, a public apology and ban from football. Please ban him from football. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Rob Farquharson says... Uh, He's corrected us on this before. It's Farquharson. Uh, yeah. Why do you hate our fans? <laughs> <laughs> Rob Farquharson says, uh, which do you think, without the price tags, was the worst signing? Without the price tags, the worst signing. Joe Linton, Hendrick or Kraft? I think, I don't think Hendrick should be in that. Well, Hendrick's definitely not the worst of those three. <laughs> Kraft's done nothing. Joe Linton's, I'd say Joe Linton. I would say Kraft. If they all I'd cost five Hendrick. million, you would be. Hendrick's had a few goals and looked, he's had a few decent games. Oh, but he's also been in the, like, undroppable in the, the engine room and been completely anonymous for loads of, loads of games. Yeah, Joel Linton has been poor. He's not getting picked, Hendrick, but, you know, not he did right against Everton. And Who's it's the same for Joel Linton. Who's it, Dave? Did he kiss and get picked? Graham Jones. Okay, next one. <laughs> he has scored more than Joel Linton as well. <laughs> okay, uh, Rob Foxen says, how have the odds of Bruce surviving this season as Newcastle manager, like nothing too dark, he says, shifted since we've managed to win a game, but also January is over. Basically, is um, he's asked more about Graham Jones. We've done on that, but basically, 
is, is, is Steve Bruce going to stay now? I think we've got him for the rest of the season, haven't we? Um, if if we drop into the bottom half, it, it, sorry, if we drop into the bottom three for a couple of weeks, he'll get fired. And Graham Jones will end up manager, right? I mean, that's that's, that's the, the one, dream. That's, that's the, the one, dream. That's the dream because he is the second coming. He's the next Guardiola. Yeah, if we look at how well he did at Luton as manager, we we yeah. need that. Uh, okay, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not a. It seems like a pretty, well, like a strong chance that he's going to end up caretaker manager at some point. Yeah, you uh, have to do a lot wrong to get sacked by Mike Ashley as Newcastle manager. You would think, like, if the take, if the takeover bubbling away, there's a lot of talk of, well, that's going to force Mike Ashley's hand. If it was, it should have done already. And if it hasn't, then I think he'll do... He likes a gamble. He'll do like he did with Carver and think, this guy's probably got enough to get us there. And I think yeah, it'll be down I, to Fulham, whether we do or not. Uh, yeah. Like I said, oh, go on. Actually, do you know what's just occurred to me? Graham Jones is just a fucking coach. He's not even assistant manager. So, like, wouldn't I mean assistant managers supposed usually there's a caretaker manager, not just like one of the coaches, is it? It's such a weird situation. He's not even coming as assistant manager. He's just another fucking coach. Next next season, we're going to get like a new goalkeeping coach for the reserve team, and he's going to get a fucking parade. Um, <laughs> Joe Kinsella, it's going to be like we're in Shearer side. <laughs> coach. Joe Kinsella says, being like a proper real life reverend, he's the reverend Joe Kinsella. I'm a yeah. man. Hope is at the core of what I do and who I am. I'm reading this afresh. I'm wondering where this goes. But it's all just a bit rubbish at NUFC, isn't it? The idea of it just being fun and a laugh following me in NUFC seems like a forgotten dream. Maybe I could ask my gaffer to intervene. So, I mean, he's, I mean, this is big stuff here. The Reverend Joe Kinsella seems to be, he does just have just about enough faith left that he um, still believes in God enough to consider asking him to help out the club. But I think... Things have got so bad at Newcastle that a man of the cloth is is doubting his faith. And if that isn't an indictment on Graham Jones, I don't know why. I think the one thing is we feel, as a club, less hopeless at the time of recording this podcast as we did at the time of recording the last one. I think there are some positives to hold on to. Sure. We've had three good halves of football We've got three points from the last two games. Three There's goals. Three goals. It's like the Holy Trinity. It's, it's a Holy a Trinity. clean sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot. Things are looking up. Don't worry about it, Reverend. Uh, Theo Penn says, we seem to be wasting so many free kicks and really good positions on the edge of the box. Why? Steve Bruce. Joshua Shelby. Joshua uh, Shelby. Andy Sheldon says... Did we do so little business in the transfer window because of uh, remind me who's fat cockney fat cockney bastard? Oh, yeah, okay. Is so confident of us staying up based on our amazing form, or is there some chance that a takeover is looming? Hard to believe his business mind would accept another relegation. I mean, I mean, Ashley's never been a fan of the January window because there's not a lot of um, like. It's not a great opportunity to make profit in it at the minute. So the business that we did this window, this January window, isn't too dissimilar from previous seasons. Like, yes, there's a takeover still rumbling on in the background, but I don't think that I don't think that's impacting him at all. We brought in a couple of lone players, as we have done what the last two seasons, three seasons. I think so. so yeah. It's 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 no no difference. It's just he doesn't. There's no value in the okay. general market. Uh, I think as well. The problem well, thank with you Ashley very much for is... your um, contributions on social media. Now I think it's time to play the game that everyone's talking about. <laughs> wow! This is the new sting, the new jingle. Oh, that is Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's life after love. <laughs> Jesus. Well, okay. welcome to life after love. 
Okay, life after love. It is the game. That's I feel like I'm sat next to a prick on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's driving everyone wild. It is the game in which uh, this week Paul Doolan is playing Quizmaster. Paul Doolan is playing the role of Ben Shepherd uh, tonight. <laughs> and uh, obviously, I mean, Paul, I know you want to be doing it once it goes to TV, but I'm expecting Ben Shepherd to be hosting it. Look, I'm, I just want to get a couple of run-throughs, see if I can do the job. The rules of the game, as I understand it, are very simple. You will name, uh, very slowly, a series of football clubs. Yeah. And we will try and guess the player. These are the but The question is, how do you want to do the answering? Do you want to jump in with your answers or write them down? And let's then... jump in. So we can, let's jump, jump in. Jump in, like, after every club. Okay. Each have you a guess really, after every club. These are players who play for Newcastle United. Paul is naming the clubs that they played for after us in order. And we yeah. are trying to guess where the player is. Okay, here we okay. go. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Round one of Life After Love. Aston Villa. I'll have a guess. What, what, what did you go for, Paul? Dave? Nobby Solano. No. I went for James Milner. Both incorrect. Okay. Everton. Ooh. So the next one. Oh, 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 David Ginola. No. That went to Spurs, didn't oh. he? No, he went to Spurs. Fucking idiot. Of course he did. Next club. Go on. West yeah. Brom. Uh, oh, I no. No, this is wrong. I was going to say Andalpia, but it's wrong. And Sheffield Wednesday. Okay. Oh, might be a fail on this. Aston Villa, then Everton. Then West Brom and Chef Wednesday. Um, might have to stop because this isn't, this doesn't make great podcast. It's Steve Watson. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know about Villa. Didn't he end up at Man City at one point? I'm thinking of Steve Hill. Yeah. Scored a hat trick for Everton, didn't he, Steve Watson? Yeah. 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 Okay, ready well, for round two? Still the youngest ever Newcastle player, I think. Anyway, carry on. Oh. Round two Blackburn Rovers. Mm. There's a caveat. Is Gillespie? The rules. No. Oh. What's the caveat? Is it, I can't on. say because it'll make it too obvious, I think. Oh, I think. Are you going to have a guess, Fergus? Was it Blackburn was his club straight after Newcastle? His permanent club after Newcastle, yes. Oh, Craig Bellamy. Damn it. Correct. Because you were going to say, because <laughs> he's, of course, the famous loan to Celtic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One nil Fergus. Liverpool. Uh, well, he has been mentioned already, but I'm not going to go for him. Who would Paul pick of the players? That... I'm going to go Andy, a few. Carroll. Andy Carroll. Dave? Diddy Haman. Yes. It's one all. <laughs> it's a tough one now. Wolves. Oh, um, oh, there was someone. Oh, Mike Williamson. No, but that's a good guess. This is a really hard one. Dave, did you have a guess? No, uh, Andy O'Brien. No, Dundee. Fucking hell. Gary Caldwell. No. Um, Wolves Dundee. Kevin Gallagher? No. The third and final club, which might give you a clue, Anorthosis. <laughs> or Anathosis. Oh, Tommy Amiobi. <laughs> no. Um... Is that a Greek club, a Turkish or? Greek? No, I think Greek. 
Ketspire? Yes. Dave. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I did know you went to Wolves. Right, okay. Yeah. Where's that one? Is that 1-2-1, one one Dave, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay. In that case, let's keep playing until I get ahead. Okay, I think I've still got a couple left, yeah. Villa. Um, it can't be anyone that's been before, right? It hasn't no. been mentioned. Villa. I can't think of many we've sold to Villa. And so it's not in Zobia. Uh, okay. And um, Nobby? No. Man City? Um, Steve James Harry. Milner? James Milner, Dave, 3 1. I said Dave, I said. James Milner, before for the other one, then I asked to come in. Okay, right, fine. Yeah, you, but anyone that's been the category. Yeah, I know, but... Yeah. I've you want to blame that on Graham Jones as well? I've only got one more, and it is a tough one. Leeds. Tough one. Um... I don't know. Go on, give us another. CSKA Sophia. Give, give us another. And then Dutch club RKC Walwich. I think that's the clue there. Bernard and Anita. Mm. 3 2, end of the game. Well, Where's the on. sting? Where's the sting? Come on, studio. Come on. Hang on. Here we go. Wow. What, have I gone into a 3-2 lead there? No, no you've lost 3-2. Three, three. Okay, fine. Still. <laughs> what an amazing... I think we should agree it is never allowed to sound less amateurish than that. <laughs> what an amazing uh, episode of Life After Love. Soon we're in negotiations for. Uh, it's going to be Anton Depp. If yeah, big time negotiations. You too could be. You could be a contestant on. On. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you remember the? There was an ITV uh, quiz show called Poker Face. Uh. Rings a bell. It's like a Saturday night thing. I hosted an initial version of that. Did you? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> Working in development, like the first or second run through. Well, that's the story of Richard Osmond, wasn't it? Yeah. He, he was did pointless in the run through. He was a producer. He did it in the run through, and they said, uh, "Can we have him, please?" In the actual show. Interestingly, uh, that question was never asked of you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was never further from anyone's lips. Although okay. my wife won the run through and got two hundred quid, so oh, good for uh, ah, fix. Did they yeah. give her? Actual... <laughs> What's that? Did they give her actual cash? Yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, um, I tell you who won't be getting actual cash uh, will be us for tonight's episode of Newcastle Matter. Should we look ahead to the weekend quickly? Oh, do we have to? I tell you what, I I was so excited by our um, performance against Everton, thanks to our new coach, uh, that I and I was so frustrated that I was watching that game on a shit stream that kept on uh, dropping out that I subscribed to BT Sport. But frustratingly, I can't get Sky Go to work on my laptop because I'm a Sky subscriber, but I can't watch BT Sport on my laptop. I can watch it on the telly. I can't watch it on my laptop. So if you can let me know what's going wrong, I'm getting error code 1404 <laughs> on my Sky Go, and then maybe I'll be able to watch us play Southampton this Saturday afternoon Ooh. 3 p.m. without getting uh, into an argument with my partner. 
Southampton uh, have had an interesting result. They have. They have, for the second time in Hasenhutl's reign, they have lost 9-0. They were, they were extenuating circumstances. They have a lot of injuries. But I believe that situation isn't changing. And they did get two players sent off, both of whom won't be playing against us either. So I don't think we'll beat them 9-0. But it's, I know that people will say there'll be a reaction from that game, and maybe there will be, but they are still not in a good way as a squad. Does that give you hope, Dave? I think our uptick in performance... And I think hopefully with St. Maximum being a little bit more fit, probably hopefully be able to start the game. Um, I'm confident that we'll get a point, a score draw, 2-2. Okay. Paul? I'm going to go 2-1. Win. 2-1 win. Yeah, I'm going to go. Unlike uh, Dave, I believe in Graham Jones. Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Graham Jones is gonna have had a lot more time on the training ground to work with the players. He's gonna be able to do all those <laughs> all that incredible stuff that he was able to do, or all the European giants that he was at before he came to us. And I think we're gonna win two now. <laughs> Eat class. What? <laughs> Did you say eat glass? Yeah, because you're being ridiculous. Okay. All right. Hang on. Didn't you say? Didn't you say? Didn't, what did you say? <laughs> right. Okay. Well, it's going to be one of those results, and on Saturday we'll find out which. But in the meantime, thank you very much to uh, my partners in crime, Paul Doolan. <laughs> thank you. And Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. My name is Fergus Craig, and thank you to you, the Newcastle Nutter listener. I've always loved the Newcastle fan base, and I couldn't <laughs> love them more than I do right now. Thank you. Goodbye! Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.